Barbeat presents what's happening. Don't know what to do for Valentine's? Well, if bumpin' uglies with the old ball and chain on the beauty rest is getting a bit routine, then check into the syllabus. Luxury two or three person suites of questionable hygiene. Once you get used to that weird smell, your personal shag carpeted grotto takes on all the romance of an abandoned 68 Chevy van. Then you'll want to try the sexual apparatus hanging from the ceiling, walls, and closet doors that look like a lot of fun, but at your age will probably land you in traction. Yes, a couple of hours at the syllabus will leave you with a smile, a camcorder full of memories, and a lovely staph infection. They're combining Valentine's Day and President's Day at the Ovum Office, the Washington Monument-shaped bar that's that way for a reason. Come on down and act like the leader of the free world as you feel and grope your way through the swarm of hotel-motel management interns we've assembled and laid out like a salad bar. Conceive children out of wedlock, contract syphilis, or ratify a bill through a hostile partisan Congress, anything a president might actually do. The Ovum Office, where denial is just a river in Egypt. If your idea of a good time is sitting in the dark in your underwear, tapping one handed on a computer keyboard, then log on to Bob's online tavern. Once your credit card is cleared, you'll be linked up to one of the hottest chat rooms in cyberspace and the way to talk to total strangers about nothing since the CB radio. Type dirty words to someone who says she's a sexy blonde stewardess from Hawaii until you find out he's a pimply underage Cub Scout from New Jersey all night long. That's Bob's online tavern at www.loser.com. At the Holiday Inn, the Wedding Rings Off Lounge is proud to present Open Heart Surgery! That's not the name of a thrasher band, we're talking actual, painful, life-threatening medical procedures right there in the bar! The local med school has lost its funding, so we're running the space out as a satellite campus! Watch unsuspecting middle-aged tourists get dragged from the audience, misdiagnosed and sliced up like a pumpkin pie! Until 10.30, when the floor is hosed off and Elvis impersonator Anthony LeClaire takes the stage with his Valentine tribute to Elvis. If Elvis was a short, balding black man over 60 who played Funky Town over and over again on the harmonica while wearing nothing but it depends. I'm Steve Gronin. Call the Barbie dictaphone if you've got nothing better to do. Honey, the burgers are ready. Where's the mustard and ketchup? Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to pick them up when I was at the grocery store. Well, we, we can't eat them plain. What are we going to do? I don't know. I just don't know. The next time you're about to serve yourself a sandwich, take it down to your conveniently located condiment cottage. They've got over 225 different sandwich accessories, from the barrel of rehydrated onions to the fluorescent green pickle relish to the famous five-pump station of melted pasteurized processed cheese-flavored food product. Every corner of the condiment cottage is jam-packed with enough accoutrements to satisfy any sandwich connoisseur. This is great, honey. I can have my burger and eat it, too. Wow! I can make a meal out of the salad sprinkle bar all by itself. Yes, whether you're having a chef's salad, a turkey club, a hot dog, or even just a toasted cheese, take it to the conveniently located Condiment Cottage near you. The Condiment Cottage. They serve sandwiches so your sandwich can serve you better. Ages ago, deep in the heart of the Ugandan jungle, there began the legend of the mysterious jackal. The striped jackal, towering five feet high on his hind legs, with sharp claws they say could down a man at three paces, lurking ever in the shadows. A silly beast with no real purpose, it wandered the world aimlessly, cackling at the most inane pedestrian occurrences. It is this delightful giddiness 
this unbalanced state of mind that is to be found in every sip of jackal beer and cherry-flavored jackal beer. Open brewed as it has been for centuries by ill-clothed natives in the jungles of Uganda, jackal beer is hearty, raunchy refreshment. So the next time you need a drink, remember to ask for one made far away from here, and remember the mysterious striped jackal still wanders the earth. His ridiculous existence captured in the cackle you hear each time you open a jackal beer. The beer with that exotic kick. Jackal beer. Look for it in the striped bottles at your local liquor store, outlet, or warehouse. Hello, we're back live here in WOUP AM 1000, live in the studios. I'm David, and I'm here with another installment of Career Corner, and I'm pretty excited because today we're talking to Maurice Osborne. He's a famous writer, and if you don't recognize the name, I'm certain you'll be familiar with his work. How are you doing today, Maurice? Oh, very well, David. Thank you. Before we get started, I'd like to say that as far as I'm concerned, this is the best thing happening on radio today, the most original, innovative programming to air in the last three decades. Uh, th thanks I had thanks for way. the kudos. Maurice, but I've got to be frank with you here. We're not really looking for any writers right now, uh, but we'll keep your card on file, okay? Oh, well, sure, I, I understand. Anyway, let's talk about what you've done. The, the, let's start with your earlier stuff. Now, tell them that matchbook story we were talking about uh, just before we went on oh, the air. Oh, do you think they really want to hear oh, about it? They're going to love this thing. This is what radio is all about. Well, I had just graduated from high school, mm -hmm. and while well, I would like to mention I was editor of the school paper my senior year. So you always had a, a passion for the pen, if you will. I'd like to think so. So anyway, I was ready to take the summer off when I suddenly found myself being approached by one of the largest matchbook distributors in the continental United States. Ooh, that's quite a coup. It seemed that they had become the victim of a string of lawsuits resulting from careless use of the product. What exactly do you mean by that? I... Well, people would go to light one match and accidentally ignite the entire book. This would cause first, second, and sometimes third-degree burns. Well, and as I remember, this wasn't limited to personal injury either. There was a lot of property damage exactly. back then. Exactly. Homes, cars, and even some backyard sheds. So what exactly uh, did they recruit you to do? They wanted me to write a warning that would be printed on the book discouraging this type of negligent misuse. Oh, well, you obviously had your work cut out for did you. Did I ever? I, yeah, I wrestled with many variations on a theme that would properly express the severity of the crisis. Well, can you give us an example of what some of the first uh, things? Sure, here's, here's one that I wrote. If you're not real careful when lighting this match, there's a good possibility the entire pack might ignite, resulting in an expensive stay at a hospital where the food isn't very good. <laughs> well, they obviously didn't go for that one, huh? Well, you know, it was a first draft. Don't get me wrong, they loved it. It was just you know, a little too wordy to fit on a, a small matchbook. Mm -hmm. So I'd figure I'd go with something more minimalist, if you will. Uh, which was? Watch out. Oh, that's simple. But they thought it was too ambiguous. Oh. So after weeks of writing and rewriting and writing and rewriting some more, I finally came up with the phrase that's, well, it's still with us today. Which is? Close cover before striking. I love that story. I bet you made a pretty penny off that. Well, Oh, come I, on. It must have been nothing but fast cars, um, fast women. Not exactly. I... I didn't copyright the idea, and Ooh. I never saw a penny. Boy, isn't that always the way, huh? A young artist always gets burned. No pun intended. Um, yeah, but soon I learned, and I went into the most prolific phase of my writing career. Could we just list a few of those? I know that the people out there are really going to be excited, because you'll remember all of them. Huh? Sure, sure. Here's one. Contents under pressure. Important. Very important. Here's another one. 
rinse and repeat. That was you? Sure, I, that changed my entire personal hygiene routine. Here's, here's some more industrial. Keep out of reach of children. Oh, that saved lives. Refrigerate after opening. Oh, yep, that was me. <laughs> and oh, objects in mirror are closer than they appear. Revolutionized the entire auto industry. No doubt about it. Well, no doubt about it. Those are all nice, but here's one of my personal favorites. This package is sold by weight, not by volume. Some, Some settling, settling of the contents may have occurred during shipping. shipping. Oh, God, I used to always read that in the morning on my cereal box just before I'd go out to school. God, that's a great oh, one. Like Homer had the Iliad and the Odyssey. That's my epic. <laughs> oh, God. So it was just a, a string of successes, one after another, a career any writer would be envious of, huh? Yes and no. Hmm? I still felt a void. I needed to artistically express myself in a new direction. Ooh, I've heard that that happens to artists. It does, and it happened to me. I was depressed. My own work began to haunt me. Oh, I couldn't escape it. I'd see it in the kitchen, the bathroom, even the garage. Of course. It got so bad, I flirted with the idea of suicide. Well, what'd you do? As I sat there, perched on the thin wire between life and death, I suddenly heard the sweet melodic sounds of my next-door neighbor's stereo. I knew then that I'd found the answer. <laughs> so, so a songwriter was born. I didn't even know you were into that sort of thing. Give us an example of what kind of uh, song stuff you write. I... Well, here's a song that goes something like this. Yeah. What? Go ahead. Here's a song that goes something like this. Anytime you're ready. That's it. Oh, oh, you wrote the introduction. Now, here's a song that goes something like this. Behind every great song is a great intro. Oh, well, sure. Sinatra, Nat King Cole, uh, Tony Bennett, they all used them. Here's one you might be familiar with. Sure, go ahead. No, that's it. Oh, oh you did it to me again. Here's one you might be familiar with. <laughs> <Right>. I, <laughs> how about mo one more before we uh, say goodnight? I wrote that one, too. What? Oh, jeez, <laughs> you did it. I got to tell you, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. That's mine. Oh, you were for television, too? Sure. For years, I wrote. In oh, God, that's television. incredible. Listen, this is David with DuckLogic's Career Corner. We'll see you next week. That's mine. Oh, come on, you see didn't you write that. I I wrote, did you the... write that one? And now word from our sponsor. Well, that's that yours, too? Right. That's all... <laughs> And now, here's your astrology forecast. This is Trudy Sunspot with the Stars Have It. Let me be your guide to the stars in your life. Today we focus on Scorpios. Someone at a distance offers an exciting challenge using a high-powered rifle and scope. There's a certain electricity that's energizing your relationships. It's called hate. Be sure to share your thoughts and plans with others. You'll need witnesses. Other people will be more supportive of your unconventional behavior, and they'll have medication. This is Trudy Sunspot with the Stars Have It. <laughs> hey, hi. Welcome to another Duck Logic Comedy Half Hour. I'm Walter, and I'm here with David, Jim, and Tim. And um, I'd like to talk about um, before and after we got our two-hour show, we appeared on stage at various WLUP live shows, opening for a bunch of WLUP on-air personalities. The first one was Brandmeier. Uh, we opened for Brandmeier at the Bismarck Theater, and we did a—I think we waited for Johnny to— Maybe it was while Johnny was doing the show, but somehow we got caught. We got stuck in an elevator. Stuck in an elevator. Remember that? 
Yes. I don't. You oh. were. I think you were with us, David, weren't you? Yeah, yes. because we were taking pictures backstage. Yeah, I got a picture of you with with Johnny, and I think uh, Mike Crawford, Mike was there. Yeah, Benson was there. But it was literally. It wasn't. It was a freight <laughs> elevator in the back, and we yes. were just sandwiched in, like like stand like sardines, yes. standing up sardines, and all of a sudden, just like you see in the movies, where it just goes, and we're in between floors, and we're. I mean, the lights are on. It wasn't like that kind of, you know. Poseidon Adventure kind of yeah. thing. We were and and sure enough, someone started panicking, started yeah. getting really warm. And, yeah. and I'm picturing, okay, you're looking up. Is there a hatch really? Is there is there they have hatches in movies? And yeah, and I, we were like pounding. This is what before cell phones, so it wasn't like anybody could just call 911 or whatever. We were just stuck. But you know, if you're gonna get stuck in an elevator, I mean Bismarck Theater, one of the oldest theaters and classiest theaters in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. I'm cool with that. You know? If you're gonna be stuck with a panicky, uh, if you're gonna get stuck with someone losing it, why not be in the Bismarck Theater? The Bismarck Theater? Are you kidding me? It's like claustrophobic extreme. It's a landmark. <laughs> hey Jim, we remember the you weren't stuck in an elevator at Bismarck Theater, were you? Were you one of us Where in the elevator? You? No, I wasn't stuck. I don't. I have the pictures from Bismarck, but I don't. The backstage to, stuff. That's been we had a photographer. Dave, David had a friend who was a. Photographer. Oh, that's right, Fritz. Fritz. Yeah, did Fritz. That. Yeah, Fritz. Fritz would Fritz come by and uh, and he was like, <laughs> made us feel important. It was like we had a paparazzi with us. Someone following Fritz us. One of the coolest Rolling Stone. <laughs> he took some good pictures. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. cool. We opened for, uh, we did like a snuggery, snuggery fest. Mm -hmm. Snuggery was a bar and like a. You know, are you doing kind of Chicago disco kind of thing? But they had an open air. Remember the snug snug fest? We were like performing on a. <laughs> oh, wow. We're the MCs. We had yes, to, I Bob Hope and I knocked. I hit golf balls. You hit Bob Hope and you were hitting golf balls into the crowd. It was like a big open. Open like, air was like a six thousand arena kind of like yeah, you go I, to see a rock concert type concert thing. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was Woodstock because it wasn't that packed or cool. No, no, no. Was, but like, it was in a forest preserve. Say something. Two words: rare earth. <laughs> Was Wait, there. I swear to God, it was rare earth. <laughs> Could be. I don't remember doing Snugfest. We had to be big and we had to be broad. <laughs> I thought you were there. I don't know. Yeah, we did a lot of it was just emceeing. We were like in between acts. No, and Mike stuff. was there. We did. We did uh, Battle of the Bachelor stereotypes, believe it or not, to that huge crowd. Oh, OK. <laughs> Was a there was a small audience ahead of in front of us that he was hit paying real attention. golf balls into the audience, which you know there that might be that's kind a, of a dangerous a thing to do at this point. I don't know if they and would did, allow you. To and didn't know who balls. someone fell off the stage? Didn't someone one of us fall off the stage? I that would be me. We dive off the stage. It was Mr. Tim. That, that was me. <laughs> and they didn't catch him and put pass him around the crowd like they would. <laughs> no, no, they did. They didn't attempt to, to to try to help the person who had just clobbered them in the head with a golf. <laughs> well, it looked like a yeah, it looked like a comedy bit. That's all. And it was not. We were not like a foot off the ground either. It was a good like I don't know what like three four feet up. Well, I wanted to even yeah. say five. It was pretty high. Yeah. I, yeah. I would probably be Dave's height if that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> He's shorter now because of that yes. mishap. And come on, can you help me, please? It's like there's a, like a classic rock band or somebody playing and they were in like a trailer. I swear to God. Oh, yeah, like, no, you're right. Oh, it was. It, was it like the crying? Was it like the bucking Ides of Shame kind of thing? Was it like the Ides of I March? I thought it or? was like Rare Earth, like somebody looked like there's no reason they should reunite. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like the bass player and the tambourine guy from rare earth. And they call themselves yes, rare earth. The new lead singer. Who's actually a good singer. So why? They keep you a know? good beat. Yeah. They didn't get back together because they weren't going to leave their 401ks. 
this crap. <laughs> I'm almost vested. I got to stay one more time. <laughs> I just want to celebrate. Come on. Oh, I don't want to switch over to the 403B. <laughs> I told my boss I'm at a funeral. I like plunking people in the head with golf balls. It was like Mr. Moose. I swear I remember it going best. over well, though. You're, it was like Bob Hope. You're doing Bob Hope jokes and people... At least the they people were, I could see. They were laughing. I mean, people were grabbing at this the balls when he was kicking them out there. Yeah, yeah, it was outside on a big, uh, like in a big, forest preserve a or something. Field. And there was like a bunch of little kids in front of them. No, no, yeah, no, no. By, hey, Drunken no, adults. People getting really, really drunk. Yeah, uh, no. Lots of them. It was like a $25 for the day or something, whatever it is. It's some fee for the day. And you saw these groups. You got wristband and then you could just drink. It was hosted by a bar. It was snuggery. That's probably why they just laughed when he fell off the stage because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, whatever. Now, granted, um, we were told that there were thousands of people, but we couldn't. I mean, they're all over the place. So we weren't really they might be able to have heard us. I spent they a little time counting early in the day. Well, <laughs> I got up to about some kind of fest. That I think there was uh, but, was Bram Meyer and the leisure suits probably the headliners, right? For that one, no, Steve Dahl. I thought it was it was some Dahl. sort of like oh, wet, right. yep. was Steve like Dahl a wet t shirt contest or some kind of women in line yes. looking at women contest. That's when he told us he liked our show, but we were working everything. way too hard. Yeah, he told well, us we were working that. too hard. You guys were working way too hard. Well, yeah. when we, and we had we a radio had, show, we did one with we opened with Kevin Matthews. Somewhere. Yeah, we opened for Kevin at the Park West. Park West, yeah. And that was cool. That was when we did um, if she if she's old enough for That's Jerry right. Lee. Ken she's, Campbell was with us when we played. Ken that. Campbell, she's old right. enough For Jerry Lee, Odenkirk was there too. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think it was the say full, the whole title. We that was a radio show. It, if she's old enough for Jerry Lee, she's old enough for me. Bingo. Was, yeah. was the song, and um, yeah, I remember I wasn't I didn't get to sing or play an instrument, but I mm. pretended to be a roadie, so I put myself in the skit. Yeah, <laughs> but you I guys actually a good thing. Kevin liked us and Patty Hayes really liked us. Good that she didn't have really any power at the loop to, you know, she was just uh, disjockey. If we wanted to be like a late night, you know, <laughs> disc jockey, female disc jockey. <laughs> well, didn't you really follow good... where there was like a bunch of kids in the audience? <laughs> yes. And we had a muzzle what we did kind Wait, of. Wait, a fest or was it a library? Oh. And you're yeah. up there doing we're up there doing improv and they go instead of like you're at a bar and you go, uh, we need a, a line of dialogue and an object. What kind of object? And they go, dildo, you know, like that. And this was not we're in the library. So they go, we need an object. And they go, a ball. And I'm like, OK, uh -oh. how do we do that? <laughs> it's going to be funny. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. It I know all the dildo jokes. Ball. It's always go. yes. And it and was like it was like the, yes the location was, you know, my bedroom and a ball. And I I remember I don't know I thought it was we just gave it to Tim if I remember correctly here Tim, yeah. and then I this. think I said something like I'm suddenly sad because <laughs> like I don't know a ball in a bedroom you know that kid has no friends you know it's like I've got a ball in a bedroom and you're like oh, oh, we got a coloring book we were asking for different styles of reading and yes. we got a coloring book. <laughs> Yeah, and a math textbook once, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's, that's probably enough reminiscing for one show, guys. Um, we're going to get on with the second half. I mean, I mean, it looks like David's already packing up. You got to go, David. See ya. Yeah, I'm going. I'm taking All right. Me too. Bye. Me too. I got to go to the bathroom. Bye, boys. And uh, listeners out there, enjoy. I met her at the video store. Her name. One eye was emerald green, the other one was blue. She talked 
star She said that I was keen But I was 47 And she was just 13 I went into my favorite bar Sat down and had a beer My heart was full of love But it could get 20 years I played a song on the jukebox As I thought of what to do It come to me like balls of fire What would Jerry Lee Lewis do? If she's old enough for Jerry Lee She's old enough for me I'll just have a talk with her mom and dad and we'll do it legally. I found my one true love and she looks up to me. Cause if she's old enough for Jerry Lee, she's old enough for me. Had a Vegas wedding in autumn, got a room with a heart-shaped pool. Hurry right back home so she could start up middle school. She don't mind how old I am, I don't care how young. But we won't be making love until her homework's done. Someday we may have children, a daughter or a dog. I'd call my son Scooter, he'd call me Grandpa. I'm a real good father, and she's a perfect mom. If we get a sitter, we'll make the junior prom. If she's old enough for Jerry Lee, she's old enough for me. Just have a talk with her mom and dad and we'll do it legally. I found my one true love and she looks up to me. Cause if she's old enough for Jerry Lee, she's old enough for me. On the flat prairie of southern Illinois, a town rises up like an embarrassing wart. Cityville. Cityville at the moment is a collection of vacant factories, rusting machinery, and crumbling warehouses. A town always on the verge of boom or bust. A town that has never been able to support a major industry for more than a few months. This is its story. The Cityville Mayor, Shady Grove. See, what you got to realize is that the previous administrations made some serious mistakes when it came to recruiting industry to our fair town. Something would get real popular. We'd set up a factory to manufacture it, then the bottom would drop out of the fat real quick. You had a new coke plant here, didn't you? Sure we did. It was in the old Susan B. Anthony Dollar Mint building. Right, right over there. That's the Leitrell plant next to it. There's the thalidomide manufacturing center next to the Quadraphonic Stereo Warehouse. On the east side of town, we got the hula hoop factory in the same building where they made 3D glasses. And there's an old Edsel Parts manufacturing on the west side. What's this building? Yes, this is the old Yugo plant. Or the old Space Food Sticks factory. 
Or it might be the Dick Tracy movie merchandising warehouse. Who the hell cares? It depresses the hell out of me. But I've made a change of focus. I figure garbage, toxic, and nuclear waste, criminals, we're always going to have that. And we got lots of empty places to store that stuff. We could put all the criminals in the old dioxin manufacturing plant. It'd be a great deterrent to stay out of prison if you ask me. You're a man with vision, Mayor Crow. That ain't all. This urine-testing thing seems pretty big to me. We could use some of the old new Coke storage tanks and tanker trucks. We'd corner the urine sample market. Hell, we could become the urine sample test area for the Midwest. This could be bigger than the swine flu vaccination laboratory we had. It ran for over three months. There you have it. The vision of one man that could change this community of faded fads and products that never took off into the refuse pit of America. Dream or nightmare? I visited one of the oldest families of Cityville, a family that has sent four generations of workers to the fast-closing mills and factories of this community. Grandpa Daddy Root worked for a long time, didn't you, Grandpa Daddy Root? Sure enough, Sparky. Back in the 20s, I worked in the ukulele plant factory for eight months. Oh! oh wow. Of course, we only made ukuleles for three months. We made bicycles built for two for four months, and then we made electric automobiles for a month. But still, I worked for eight straight months. That's a family record. Me and Buster made Oregon boxes for two months straight. Me and Junior Root worked at the Pet Rock plant for almost five months. Oh, now spring, the Pet Rock place didn't have no plant. You just picked up rocks out of driveways. And they closed after three weeks. Mm -hmm. You just kept on picking up rocks. I consider myself building up inventory. Dad worked at the fizzy plant for a long piece. Nearly three months. Mm -hmm, that's true. He just made foreman before that plant closed. I worked at the fizzy factory. Now spring, I only applied at the fizzy plant. They closed before they opened. I worked at the black light manufacturing plant for six weeks. I worked at the Flock Black Light Poster Plant for two weeks. Didn't Daddy work at the St. Louis Browns baseball card outlet? He probably did. A fascinating story. But how do you feel about the idea the mayor has to invite all these industries into your town? Industries that deal with the storage or analysis or the incarceration of dangerous chemicals, wastes, or people. Sounds like steady work to me. Mm -hmm. You gotta expect to get your hands dirty when you work. Mm -hmm. Or your chromosomes. Oh. Nothing wrong with that. No, no. No, no. Hey, don't touch me. There you have it. A profile in courage or the gullibility of a people. The people of Cityville. For the sake of prosperity, they've sacrificed their future health, the health of their children, and the welfare of this community for years to come. Thus ends this special report on the community of Cityville, somewhere on the Illinois Prairie. Stand back and watch it glow. Hello, I'm Sally Struthers with an urgent plea to help our children rid themselves of a terrible, disgusting, emotionally crippling disease. A disease so devastating and widespread, it's scary. I'm talking about cooties. <laughs>
Cooties strike your child when they least expect it. No social or economic class is safe, and it's already too late when someone stops and yells, Ick, cooties. Cooties are often confused with girl germs or titus, but believe me, those things are nothing compared with cooties. These apparently invisible insects cause normal children to be ostracized by their friends. In its final stages, your cootie-infected child becomes unpopular. All his belongings are contaminated, and finally, they metamorphose into large green plastic bugs. But it's not too late. For just 23 cents a day, you can help us figure out if these things actually exist, if they're bugs or dirt or whatever. Write to the National Cooties Testing Center in Pueblo, Colorado, and we'll send you lots of little pamphlets. Won't you help the children? Cooties. We're not sure what they are, but they're yucky, icky, and all kids seem to get them. Well, there you have it, the Duck Logic Comedy Half Hour, show number four. Featuring, in alphabetical order, Ken Campbell, David Dunlosky, Tom Giannis, Ann and Walter Mitchka, James F. Russell, Tim Thomas, and Mike Toomey. Join us next time, won't you? Portions of the preceding show were previously broadcast on the radio under the copyright of Duck Logic Limited and the licenses of WLUP AM and FM in Chicago. And uh, we had a lot of fun doing it.